Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Franchise pros, Stan the Man, Paul Segretto. Time to show you the way of franchising today. Hey, do you possess the spirit of an entrepreneur? Or lay your business plan down like a rug or a floor? Or maybe you have a dream of opening a chain of delis? Or whatever passion likes to pilot life under your belly? Or do you want to start a business, fam, using the proven trademark from another brand? Huh. And grow together and expand like a rage of fire from a single to a multi-unit empire. Well, pay attention to this podcast that you hear streaming in HD. Fine tune above your ears. And standing Paul lays down the law. Whether you want to be a franchisee or a franchisor. It's all about sustainable growth, the sensible franchising, proving concepts and smart enterprising. So use your left and right side of your brain and absorb this knowledge here of franchising today. Huh, Badlands, baby. Huh. Franchising today. Sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today. Sustainable growth. The sensible franchise. Franchise today. Franchise today. Franchise today. This conference will now be recorded. Hello, everyone in the franchise world. My name is Paul Segreto, and this is Franchise Today. Today is Wednesday, September 26th. My co-host, Stan Friedman, is up in the land of a thousand lakes, Minnesota. Stan, how are you today? That's 10,000 lakes, Paul. Let's not sell the state of Minnesota short. I'm doing great today. Yep, and a lot of people don't realize that's where the Los Angeles Lakers originally started out, because there's not that many lakes in Los Angeles, are there? No, there's a whole bunch of other things, though, that aren't in Minnesota either. So I'm not sure how that balances out in the end, Paul. <laughs> That's for sure. Could you believe, Stan, we are in the last show of the third quarter. Where has this year flown by? Every time I mention that to people, Paul, they remind me that it's a function of age, that when your life starts quickening, it's because you're getting old. In my case, too late, I'm already there. But I think that's what it is. I think <laughs> I think the clock quickens on us as we get older and have, um, you know, maybe a little less time ahead of us than we've got in our rearview mirrors. Yeah, it seemed like you're just coming out of uh, IFA in the first quarter. We had some things going on, you know, Washington, D.C., uh, with the IFA legal symposium, you know, second quarter, third quarter. Some of us were kind of relaxing a little bit summer. There was some flurry of activity in the franchise where we kept talking about well, guess what happens when we get past Labor Day? We're in the silly season. And we're already a month past there. It's hard to believe. Uh, it is hard to believe. I mean, I look at all the things that I anticipate and look forward to every year. And, and a good part of this year, you know, is in the rearview mirror. Now we're looking, we're staring Thanksgiving or Halloween, Thanksgiving and Christmas in the face. Um, it's going to be a new year here in just a couple of blinks of the eye. But it's been a great year, Paul. And I think franchising has celebrated a pretty robust year of recovery if you don't you know for lack of a better word i think we've seen lots of um, lots of favorable motion in our direction as the business model of franchising has been riding the wave of consumer confidence that we're all feeling a little bit more of this time this year than we did perhaps this time last year 
Yeah, this time last year, we were on the heels of Harvey and Irma, not a very nice couple. Uh, certainly weren't <laughs> nice to, uh, uh, to people that are still feeling those effects. And, of course, my heart goes out to the people in the Carolinas and the effects of Hurricane Florence. Um, we still see on TV here victims of, of Hurricane Harvey. And I couldn't even imagine going through uh, anything like that in my life. I absolutely cannot imagine that. Well, it just helps teach respect for Mother Nature, Paul. Um, a lot of things we can control in our lives, and when things like that happen, it's you know, it's just a whole different ballgame. Well, the one thing we can control today is Franchise Today, celebrating uh, the end of its eighth year, soon to be ninth year. Stan, give us uh, some rundown of what's going on in uh, front of the house besides the, uh, the, the news that we keep hearing about Dunkin' Donuts changing to just Dunkin'. Uh, six well, letters and an apostrophe. Yep, and it's kind of interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna segue on that, Paul. And we didn't even rehearse this, but that was so well done because that that's a piece of the front of the house for me today, and right down to the apostrophe, because there are two brands that are there are two brands that are messing with their logos. Uh, Dunkin' obviously going to take the um, you know, the Madonna and Prince approach to life and just become Duncan and shorten its name to Duncan and making the focus more about uh, drinks on their marketing side of life. And then I noted too that Papa John's is playing with their name and the apostrophe there too function is part as a function of what they're doing. They're actually filing a new trademark to take the apostrophe out of Papa John's. And they've already been going live with social media campaigns featuring many of their franchisees and employees of their franchisees around the country, all of whom are the voices of Papa John's minus the apostrophe. These are all the new Papas, and they're trying to further distance themselves, I suppose, from founder John Schnatter for some of his racially charged remarks of late. And um, this is part of what they're contemplating. They haven't gone public with the new logo yet but they've definitely filed a trademark minus the apostrophe, which begs another question. Would it really then still be Papa John or would the pr proper correct pronunciation be Papa's, but that's yet to be determined in a different time and a different place. Also in the front of the house, Paul, a shout out to our friend Sandy Shoemaker at EKSNH and a great article that she published on entrepreneurs online version talking about, uh, five bullet points of life-changing information that every franchisor needs to know uh, regarding FASB, and she really broke it down and simplified it and made it a, a quick and easy read with links. So you, you can find that at entrepreneur.com for more on that. And I've uh, I've actually retweeted and, and pushed it out as well on LinkedIn, so you can hopefully find it there as well. A short list of birthdays this week, Paul, and then we will get right into our interview. I want to Send birthday wishes to um, a friend of mine right here in Minnesota this week, Kim Ellis, VP at Brewster's, celebrating her birthday. A good friend of ours, Paul, celebrated last Sunday, Lori Till. Also, right. Andrew Lowinger from Nixon Peabody. And then today, my good friend, uh, the founder of Buffalo Wild Wings and uh, Hall of Fame award winner at the National Buffalo Wing Festival and actually a member of my advisory board now, for the National Buffalo Wing Hall of Fame, my good friend Scott Lowry is celebrating his birthday today. 
and he too is a former guest of ours right here on Franchise Today, uh, celebrating as well. This week, tomorrow, our friend Steve Stovall from Benetrends, Thomas Nieto, CEO of Main Squeeze Juice Company, Justin Schmidt, uh, David Asano in Atlanta, Georgia, who I've not seen or spoken to in way too long. He goes on to that list of people I need to get back in touch with. Somebody who's got nothing to do with franchising, but I discovered that she's celebrating her birthday on Friday. And so a shout out to my cousin, Lauren, Laura Beecher, um, Ken <laughs> Chanel, a former friend and cohort of mine at ERA Real Estate, and um, also with the We Buy Ugly Houses team, Ken Chanel, Fred Curry, and uh, to round it all off, a member of my team at ARC, the parent company to FRM, my good friend, Daniel McGee, why not a shout out to him as well. Lastly, Paul, on the front of the house before we get to JY, do you know what the number 2.3 billion has to do with anything in franchising? I actually do, and it has also something to do with your good friend from Buffalo Wild Wings. Well, a little bit, kind of indirectly it does, Sonic. <laughs> Sonic was yep. acquired yesterday uh, by Inspire Brands, the now parent umbrella over the Arby's, Buffalo Wild Wings, and Art Taco Group, and now Sonic as well. $2.3 billion acquisition, and um, well, I don't know where it goes from there, man. It just keeps that that group is growing as quickly in no time at all as it's taken years and years for Buff or for years and years for Focus to do over time. Um, I can't imagine who's next, but wow. What excitement over there, and that's all Atlanta-based, so we're happy to see it. Well, then, it's Atlanta-based, Dan, so I'm going to have to charge you with bringing somebody on from um, from a raw capital uh, onto franchise today, and uh, we need to have a, an interview there for sure. I think we can. I think we can arrange that. And um, you know, I, I'm half correct when I say it's Atlanta-based because, as I read yesterday, they're going to keep the operations of Sonic for now, anyway, in in Oklahoma City. But um, it is right. a work. It is a work capital-driven transaction. And to your point, I think we are long overdue to try to have somebody like Steve Romanello or Jeff Hill or somebody from the work team as a guest with us here. Let's let's set that up. Yep. Absolutely. Well, this week on Franchise Today, um, I'm excited uh, to um, to have uh, Young Gu, the uh, Jennifer Young Gu, uh, Vice President of Operations and Compliance at Self Esteem Brands. Um, we'll refer to her as as JY because I know I'm going to mess that up again. Um, we're looking forward to uh, talking with Jennifer about the unique culture uh, at Self Esteem Brands. There is something interesting on the website stand. Uh, improving the self-esteem of the world. That's the lofty goal of self-esteem brands, the parent company of Anytime Fitness, the world's number one top global franchise, and Waxing the City, another award-winning franchise, poised for rapid expansion. And a lot of the information I read, you know, really talks towards a, a unique culture. Uh, Jennifer, welcome to uh, Franchise Today. Thanks for having me, Paul and Stan. Good to be here. Always and a, always and a I do, pleasure. And I do apologize again for... Messing up on your name, I knew I was going to do that. No matter how many times I wrote it down, that's all I kept <laughs> looking at was your, was your last name. I had it, you know, divided out into two syllables. I said, I'm not going to mess it up, and I did, and I apologize. <laughs> no worries. You're not the first, and you won't be the last. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. You know, Jennifer, as, as we talk, uh, and we talked a little bit about it before the show, you know, franchising is not something that we wake up one day and say, you know, 
I think I'm going to shift gears today and, and, and go into franchising. It's not something that, that typically happens. Uh, as Stan likes to point out, it's usually one of those moments where franchising happens to find us. So if you would, let's roll back the clock, take us back as long as you'd like. Uh, to, you know, where, where you were even, you know, maybe before business, you know, maybe it's, it's way, way back when, or even a few years ago and take us up to the point of where we are now, but along the way, tell us when that franchising moment popped out and you looked in the mirror and said, I'm now in franchise. Yeah, no, it's, it's really a fun story to tell and, and I get excited to talk about it. So um, thank you for giving me the opportunity. I appreciate that. Um, I think my story starts back when I was a teenager, probably when I was about 16. I grew up in a real small town in, in Minnesota. And of course, I, my, myself and my friends, we worked at the Dairy Queen. We had a Dairy Queen in town. And that's when I, I was introduced to fast service and the amount of customers that could actually come through a restaurant. It was a really impressive operation. And then as time went on, I had a friend who owned a McDonald's in the next town over. So I I watched how, how profitable it was and how successful their family became. And I think that was really eye-opening for me. So when I was in high school, I joined an entrepreneur class, believe it or not. And my, my instructor was the head of the DECA program in, in Elk River. And I joined DECA, and believe it or not, I wrote a 40-page business plan on how to open a gym. <laughs> I knew that wow. I knew that there was franchising, but I thought, gosh, there is something with this gym business. And back then, fitness centers were a big part of franchising. And so I went to DECA State and presented my business plan, and I won some awards, and they actually used it in the curriculum going forward in the class. So that was pretty exciting. And um, obviously, I was too young to open my own gym, and I didn't have the right amount of capital. So I got into banking, and I really thought I would be in banking. So I, I sold checking accounts in the produce aisle of Cub Foods, believe it or not, for TCF. <laughs> so I, I got to learn some sales there. And um, as I was selling at TCF, I got an opportunity with a franchise company in Edina, known as Regis Corporation. And they were in the process of acquiring Supercuts. Yeah. And they, they came knocking on my door and I, I wasn't looking for them, but I thought, wow, corporate locations and franchise locations. And I thought that is the experience I need because that's what I want to do. So I left banking and I jumped into hair salon franchising, not knowing much about it. Um, and from there, I spent seven years in their operations and real estate team. And of course, learned a ton because the years I was there, I think they acquired close to 60 brands. And so it was really an exciting time to be part of a growing organization. And um, after seven years, I got married, had, had a child, and this concept opened up in my backyard. And it was a 24-hour keyless um, entry, like a FOB-type system fitness center called Anytime Fitness. And I had never heard of it, but I'm like, wow, this has got to be a franchise. So I looked him up, called the owner myself, and within a week, I was over there, and I had, I had left Regis, and I was working at a startup. And um, I believe they had around 100 units when I jumped over there. And they were onto something. They had a concept that was just so ahead of its time. And me being a fitness person and going back 15 years back to high school, I knew that I wanted to be in fitness with that business plan I wrote. I jumped in, and 
here I am today, almost 13 years later, um, where, where we started, we started with 100 units. And today we're at 4,000 global locations over 33 countries. So it's been a real exciting wow. ride. But yeah, that's kind of my story. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we've ever had anybody whose stars have aligned quite like that, you know, <laughs> franchise locations. I, I don't even know if we've ever had anybody that has worked at McDonald's or at least admitted to working at McDonald's. I mean, so yeah, I had friends. Through, I didn't work at McDonald's, but my friends did. Okay, and a good friend of mine yeah. owned it. Yep. I mean, you know, work working up, and I, I love. You know, I was thinking. I was just talking to somebody else the other day, and said, "Remember when banks used to give us a toaster to open up a bank account?" Uh, <laughs> That's what I did. <laughs> so when you would, yeah, when you would say that, you know, sell a checking account to the, in the supermarket aisle. But I think it's you know just you know an alignment of the stars that you write a business plan about. A, a fitness type location and you wind up in a fitness type location that I, I don't think we could make stories like that up. Um, tell us a, a, a little bit about, you know, and we've, we've got a lot, we're never going to be able to cover all this in an hour because, um, you know, self-esteem brands, the, the overarching uh, entity, so to speak, you know, anytime fitness, we could talk an hour about, I'm sure Wax in the City, we could talk an hour about, and of course, mm-hmm. um, all the ins and outs and the uniqueness of it, we could we could speak about. But, but tell us a little bit about, you know, the consumer proposition from both standpoints, because the name to me is just so intriguing, self-esteem brands. And it, and it just, you know, we hear one of these other ones, I mean, we had earlier, Stan mentioned, you know, Inspire Brands and this a whole bunch of other ones that are out there. But self-esteem brands really just kind of smacks me in the face this morning. Tell us a little bit about what the overarching thought is from a consumer standpoint. Sure. Yeah, you know, I think we came up with self-esteem brands, the parent company. I don't know, it's probably been over five years now. And the biggest thing, when we looked at our purpose, when we were doing our our mission and our vision and, and all our strategic planning is, what are we really doing? We are here to increase self-esteem and fitness. You know, there's a lot of that going on in fitness, but also in the beauty space. So when we got into Wax in the City, we are there to make people feel good about themselves and and look attractive when they're out in public. And it's about feeling good. And so that's where we landed on self-esteem brands. And we, we realized that we're pretty darn good at franchising. So we've set up this infrastructure of shared services and operations teams where we can support multiple brands. And so that's the infrastructure behind self-esteem brands. And, and along with that um, came our four P's that we created, people, purpose, passion, and profits. And that's our model that we live by. It's, that's what we share with our franchisees. That's what we share with our members and our, and our waxing customers. It's about the people. And you've got to be passionate about what you're doing. You have to have a sense of purpose. And you need to make money doing it. JY, I've got some questions, and I, you know, by by way of full disclosure, um, I have mm-hmm. to share with the audience share with the audience that you and I have had a professional relationship in franchising, and I'm proud that you're on our roster of clients. But it's given me the opportunity to actually learn so much more about uh, the operation, learn about you, the person, as well. Uh, Paul, I've got to tell you that the first time, one of the first times, I met JY was at their old facility before the building that they built in Woodbury here in Minnesota, um, which is how many square feet, J.Y.? 
Yeah, we've moved into around 80,000 square feet. Yeah. Wow. So so the first time that I've visited at any time, um, I come to JY's office, and there's all this construction stuff going on, and there's architectural plans and all this. Guess who's charged with, in addition to being VP of operations for the entire construction of an 80,000-square-foot building? Yeah, JY. And which well, is part of it was an add-on to her day-to-day job. Um, I then the second time out <clears throat> went back went back to visit that new building and I said, "Wow, if I was ever building a house, Paul, I'd want JY running that project because that building is the most <laughs> amazing <laughs> facility, right down to a tattoo parlor, um, right on right on the facility." JY, tell me, honey, it's a little bit about that. Sure, absolutely. Well, and that that's an extension of our four P's. Um, several years ago, we had franchisees go out and, and get the tattoo of the running man somewhere on their body, whether it was their bicep or their back of their calf. And it turned into 100, 200. Well, now I think we're up to several thousand. Um, so we have franchise training um, pretty much, I don't know, I'd say at least two, two weeks out of the month. And we have a tattoo artist that comes in and gives tattoos to folks at training. And then in addition, at our regional conference, we bring in tattoo artists, and I, I believe they do over hundreds, hundreds of tattoos. And um, it is just a way where people feel so passionate about the brand, they want to share that with their family and their friends, and just the outside world. People are very proud to be part of something bigger. And Dave Mortensen and Chuck, Chuck Runyon, the founders, uh, and chief executives of the brand um, were they treated the IFA to an incredible keynote what a couple of years ago at convention mm-hmm. what's the story what's the story with the kilt can you help me oh sure and understand <laughs> great yeah no I'm glad you asked about the kilt <laughs> um, that ties into again the four P's that's our play <laughs> we like to play And every year um, for our annual convention, we would take our corporate staff and some of our franchise partners in the the Minnesota area, and we would film like a little mini movie, and it would be the intro to our convention. And one year, we refilmed Braveheart. We called it Saveheart. (laughs) And so Chuck and Dave were on horses, and and all of us as a team, we were holding swords, and we we were battling obesity and laziness. And all the things that keep people away from wellness. And we had our swords, and <laughs> it was probably the most fun I've ever had at this company. And so everybody was wearing kilts to tie into the Braveheart theme. Another movie we made, we actually got up at 3 in the morning, and we ran through mud pits. And we, we um, did a mud run, and we had this fantastic photo shoot of us just covered in mud. And it was all about grit and and working hard and, and not letting things hold you back. So it's, it's a big cultural play and the staff has so much fun making them and the franchisees love watching them and sharing them with their staff to carry that culture through the stores. I mean, there is, there is an incredible level of passion behind this brand, Paul. And literally, I think what you've demonstrated right here is how much fun goes into uh, working there. I think this is a place where people work for more than one currency. They're working for fun and, and, and the passion of making differences in the lives of their customers all over the globe, um, you know, yeah. as well as for a living, which we all have to make. 
So let's talk a little bit about the value proposition to the consumer. And I think we should break it up to, we've really got to identify both brands. So what is it that drives the consumer value proposition with any time first? And let's talk a little bit about wax. Sure. You know, on the Anytime Fitness side, for years, we've always been known as a convenience play. We're going to be that local gym that's going to be in that neighborhood strip center close to your house. And you're going to go in and it's going to be quick and you can do your thing. But we're, we're much, much more than that. We are, we are a community. When you go in, I want you to make friends and I want you to take part in not only just jumping on a treadmill or, or working out on your own. We've got personal trainers there that are there to coach you. We've got get started plans. We have a mobile app with preloaded workouts to help you. And we want every member to have a coach. And so we're really moving to that. And we're adding small group training. So if you walk in our clubs today, you'll start to see purple turf. And we're adding a lot of functional fitness. And we want people to get results. I mean, let's face it, fitness is hard. A lot of people join gyms and they don't always stick with it. And so we really want to make it a lifestyle. And that's where we're, where we're at. And we're, we're looking to help people that might be intimidated by the gym environment. So we're there to give them a plan and, and help them out. On the Wax in the City side, it's more about the quality of service. We don't want to rush you in and rush you out and, and have a painful or, or a bad experience, right? We, we want you to feel very comfortable. And we want you to feel comfortable with our serologists, which are the estheticians that do the services. And from there, we want you to have a good experience. And we want you to learn about you know, quality hair removal and, and how that works and the cycle of growth and, and how often you should come back. You're listening to Franchise Today. Now in its ninth season of podcasting, I'm Stan Friedman, along with co-host Paul Segreto, and we're talking today with Jennifer Yanggu of Self-Esteem Brands. Franchise Today is brought to you by the Franchise Foundry. Paul and his team have been bringing emerging brands to market for more than 30 years. The Franchise Foundry fosters sustainable growth for their clients, the, come that come, the kind that comes from experience. The Franchise Foundry provides both coaching and consulting, a hybrid approach. This delivers more effective solutions for both the franchisor's corporate team as well as for their franchisees. The Franchise Foundry team is also rich in practical, hands-on experience and expertise with general business management, operational and change management, digital marketing, and of course, franchise recruitment and development. Plus, the Foundry team can also assist you with creating roadmaps for potential mergers and acquisitions and provide you with the guidance needed to navigate them. You can learn more about Paul Segreto and the Franchise Foundry along with their expanding list of clients at www.franchisefoundry.com. Franchise Today is also brought to you by FRM Solutions, offering best-in-class CRM and document management software designed specifically for franchising. FRM empowers real-time business intelligence, communication, and collaboration between all members of the franchisor's team and perspective as well as existing franchisees. This enables you to simply and seamlessly track, access, and manage all messages to and from perspective and existing franchisees, including text. Legal and compliance is simplified, too, with FRM's document management, and even site visits can be digitally facilitated and scored with FRM. Make today the day you give FRM a look and assure that all of your candidate and franchisee correspondence, including text messages, are being permanently tracked and stored in candidate and franchisee records. 
FRM even provides state-of-the-art digital experiences for your prospective franchisees, replacing old-style virtual brochures. No long-term contracts each year at no additional cost, no excuses, just solutions on the web at frmsolutions.com. So, Jay, why take us into waxing in the city? Where did the idea for that come from, and and how did that um, how did that go from concept to reality? Sure. Yeah, about seven years ago, um, we we actually had a, an employee that have, had a family connection to the founders of Wax in the City, and we had heard that they were attempting to franchise, but we're having having some struggles because, as we know, you know, going having five very um, profitable corporate locations and then moving to franchising, it's not as easy as people think. There's a lot to do to get set up. And they had known that we had been doing, you know, or had been in the franchising industry for a while and they had reached out for help. And so we, a team of us flew out to Denver to look at the concept and we all fell in love with it. We fell in love with the founders and we knew that we were set up to support multiple brands. So we jumped in there and, you know, rather than, you know, just helping them out, we we decided to bring them on. And so they're now part of the self-esteem brand's portfolio. And um, there was just a lot of excitement around the business because um, there are some other players in the space, but we felt like there was room for growth. And um, we that's where we are today. Wow. Yeah, it is. Uh, a lot of people don't understand how difficult it is with just a handful of locations to enter right. uh, franchising for sure. And what a great, you know, compliment to, um, you know, the, the brand that's already in place. And I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, synergy moving forward with uh, franchisees from one brand interested in the other. Tell us a, right. a, a bit about with shifting gears from the consumer side. Tell us a bit about um, Anytime Fitness, um, you know, the franchise opportunity, you know, who you might be looking for, because some people just have a hard time understanding, as you said at the beginning, when you first saw the fitness center, you know, it was a place where you, you, you had a father and there was nobody there. I imagine some people might have um, a little bit of a phobia about owning a business like that. So how does the, how did the whole franchise side of it come about? And what are some of the, the common questions or concerns that people have initially looking at their brand. Sure. Yeah, from a you know from a prospecting, you know, looking for franchisees, um, I would say most of the people do find us online. I mean, we spend a great deal with Google and Facebook, and you know that's kind of where it's at when you're looking for franchisees. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them do come through the website. And and the types of people that we see come through, I mean, it's all walks of life. You've got folks that just want to be a single gym operator because they're passionate about fitness. You have others that want to start up a, a family business for them and their, ch their um, children that are graduating from college. You see a lot of parents looking for jobs for their, their, their children coming right out of school. Um, and then you've got ownership groups that are looking to become large multi-unit operators. And then you've got um, investors and equity types. And then you've got people who are really just tired of corporate America and want to go be their own boss and want to have a work-life balance. And I, I can't tell you how many people come through and tell me this is the best thing I ever did. I used to work a, a corporate job and I was working 70 to 80 hours a week and I didn't have any time with my family or my kids. And now I feel like I have that balance and I'm doing something I love 
I am doing something where I can help my community become healthier. And, and there's a purpose behind what we do. And so the people coming in, I mean, it's everyone has a different reason, right? Sure. So what does that look like in terms of awarding franchises? I mean, you've got um, you've got single unit operators to mm-hmm. empire empire builders and and master franchisees on you know in countries around the world. Um, right. What are the what are the common threads that are shared by all of those? And and let's talk about what a day in the life of a franchisee would look like. Yeah, I mean, culturally, I think we need to be aligned, and we want to make sure that they fully understand what they're getting into. So obviously reading the FDD is a very large part of that, but also just understanding mm-hmm. you're going to be entering a business where you're going to have to sell. And if you don't know how to sell, you're going to have to hire someone who can sell. And then you're also going to be a people leader and leadership skills are a must. You have got to be a good people leader or people are not going to want to work for you. The market's tight right now. Unemployment's low and we got to recruit trainers and managers and um, if, you, if they don't want to work for you, it's going to be a struggle. So we, we talk a lot about leadership. Um, a day in the life for a franchisee, I mean, some of our largest operators that have multiple, they've, they've got corporate offices. And then, of course, they've got regional staff that oversee managers. A lot of them are bringing on um, personal training departments where they have someone overseeing their personal training. And um, I, we have some owners that are managing hundreds of employees now. So they're, you know, what they say to me is, wow, I, I never dreamed that I would be able to build a business like this and, and manage so many people. And I think what they learn is there's a big HR function in there. And a lot of people don't expect that. So we, we try to prepare them for, you got to manage people, you got to work with people, and you're going to be looking for them. So I think that's probably the biggest thing we focus on right now. Are there synergies between the brands to the point that Paul made? Are you finding that you've got any time fitness franchisees that are coming back for another bite of the apple and opening up with waxing the city? You know, initially we really thought that we would, but as time has gone on, we've realized the businesses are very different. Beauty, the beauty business is very different from the fitness business. Um, in our fitness business, there's le- it's less staff intensive and the business still runs because of our security system. Whereas with the beauty business, you're relying on staff to open and close, and and a lot of the experience is with the staff. And so that's that HR piece. Franchisees need to be really good people leaders to keep all these people, because most of them are not licensed as you know hair removal experts. So they've got to rely on people to do that. So we're not seeing as much crossover amongst fitness and beauty as you would think. Very interesting. Tell yeah. us a little bit about tell us a little bit about you know the the actual uh, franchise investment. Um, we'll, let's talk about just the single unit for any time at first. Sure. Yeah, I don't have the FDD in front of me to quote the numbers, but I mean I think the big thing and what the majority of people do is they would probably get an SBA loan um, because you're going to be funding equipment. And then, of course, the biggest, the second piece is the real estate. You're going to be negotiating with landlords and the build-out um, and, of course, negotiating all those rents. So the biggest factor is, is rent, and you've got to manage that and make sure you're in the right spot. And then, you know, if, once you get the equipment, I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, you get that going. You've got to hire all the people. You've got to get all the software set up. 
and we've got a huge support department. We have um, a, just a, one support area that helps franchisees get open. So we're helping them with financial performance. We're helping them with construction. We've got vendors to help them with construction project management. We have um, designated partners that are architects. And then we've got a whole sales team that helps them with pre-sale as well. And then marketing is a big piece. We have a lot of programs that they need to invest in for marketing. And what about as far as, um, you know, from a technology standpoint, I imagine um, software programs are a big part of this, um, yeah. considering, you know, the size of the database that must be, um, you know, built over time for a franchisee. I mean, to me, that's that's got to be where the gold is. Yeah, and, you know, in order to run a large franchise company like ours, you need data, and you need you need to look at the data, you need to determine the trends, and, and you've got to make decisions based on what you're learning. And so everything we do, we try to capture that some way, somehow. And so, you know, I can tell you when members swipe their key fobs. I know when they're coming. I know when they're leaving. See the performance of our franchisees. It's very important to know the financial snapshot of the owners and where they're at so that you can tell that story in your FDD. I mean, it, it all it all comes together, but without data, I, I don't know how you can manage your business anymore. And so, a lot of the software in our stores are either you know, we've we've either built them ourselves, or we've partnered up with really good vendor partners that have helped us. So, JY, this is an industry that has seen so much change, and sure, and so many so many new brands piling in. Um, how do you see the industry moving forward? How do Dave and Chuck navigate the landscape for what's going on in this a year, three, and even five years from now to continue to be in front of the curve and and further develop the opportunities that are available for you around the globe? Sure. Yeah, I'm from the outside, I can see where it feels really crowded. But honestly, I think we're still very excited about the space. I mean, it's a growing industry more people are getting into the industry. You see low-cost gyms popping up, but what they're doing is they're bringing more people off the couch and they're getting more people into the wellness space. So it's good for the industry. And we're seeing a lot of increasing customer trends toward improved health, whether it's, you know, medical or nutrition or, or fitness. And, you know, there's this demographic of 20 to 64-year-olds. They're not going away, and they're the largest gym demographic. And then let's not forget the baby boomers. I mean, they are expected to sign up for health club memberships in huge numbers. So we truly believe there is enough to go around for everybody. And um, there's different segments. You know, we've got a lot of studios coming in that are more niche. You've got low-cost gyms. Um, you've got us where we're more about coaching and results-oriented. Um, there's definitely room. So, you know, three, five years from now, uh, we believe we're, we're going to continue to grow by, I would say, at least 150 stores a year domestically and internationally. That growth is going to surpass domestic. Um, internationally, I love yeah, oh, I, I was going to say, go I mean, we're going to be celebrating our 500th location in Australia, um, Japan, oh. the UK, Asia. There's just so much growth for fitness across the globe. And uh, on the Wax in the City side, we are very excited. We just reached a milestone. We're celebrating 100 open locations. So we just reached our 100th open unit, and they're getting many accolades and awards as well, as, you know, as you look at the entrepreneur rankings. So that's really exciting, too. I think it's exciting that the philosophy that you share is so much mindful. It makes me think so much of the 
senior care industry where everyone thinks, gosh, that space is crowded, but it's not really crowded at all. When you look at yeah. the numbers of people that are aging America in that space um, is, you know, the, the numbers are, are massive and the rising tide lifts all ships. So it's great that you've got that philosophy and that, you know, you're, you are market leaders and you've been out there a lot longer than others who are, are coming into the space later. So um, I'm, I think that's, well, that's awesome. That's that the you, power of franchising is yes. having a national brand and not doing this alone and having a strong national ad fund that can help you promote your, your business collectively. I, my parents, they just retired. Um, my dad's been retired for a while. My mom just retired recently and I was talking to them last weekend and I said, so what's it like? Like, what do you do every day? What are you looking forward to? And they both looked at me. They're like, we're going to go to the gym. Like their highlight of the day is to go work out at the gym. It's a social experience. And so I think that's so, so cool. You know, so that we are, that we awesome. are the highlight. People look forward to come see us, our managers, their friends, and they're getting healthy and staying healthy doing it. I think it's exciting. And, you know, I know, too, that when you've built an iconic name, I mean, your corporate name is in itself a brand. And when you've got the power of self-esteem um, as a foundation, I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to believe that Chuck and Dave are done um, in terms of brand building. So let's go no, three to five out again. And might, might there be three, four, or five more brands under the umbrella? Yeah, you know, we're very open to growth and, and growing the portfolio and bringing on more brands. Um, we're very careful about that. Obviously, there's a lot of diligence and it's got to be the right fit. But yeah, we're absolutely, that is the goal long term is to have multiple brands. And, um, you know, I, I just think there's so much opportunity with Wax in the City and Anytime Fitness. And um, we, we have a lot of exciting things to look forward to. And we have a lot of work ahead of us. I mean, it's, 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 it's not easy for anybody, no matter what industry you're in. Every industry is competitive, whether it's hair salons or coffee shops. You're always going to have competition. You just got to find ways to differentiate and do it better and find that customer and get after that customer that is going to find you and appreciate you for what you, what you offer. You can't be everything to everybody. No, you, you, you can't, but it's, it's interesting. We've had, you know, obviously a number of, of guests in the uh, fitness industry. It seems like of late, we've really had a lot. And I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, it wasn't that long ago where I recall seeing Jack LaLanne, you know, jumping up and down on TV. <laughs> and then, of course, <laughs> you remember that stand, right? I mean, you might remember oh, yeah. the black, black and white stand. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Paul. <laughs> Uh, you know, and I remember that, you know, it's a one, two, and he's going up and down. And um, and then, of course, you know, yeah. the, the whole big thing, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Lou Ferrigno and this whole big thing about, you know, fitness centers and the bodybuilders. And, and then, of course, the fitness centers became, you know, the place to be seen more than it seemed like, mm -hmm. you know, to work out. You walked in there and everybody was fit and everybody was you know, dressed and their hair was done and makeup was on and, you know, guys had just had a haircut to just go work out. And, um, and it was very intimidating. And it seems very much like, so. you know, this way, yeah, and especially with, you know, any kind of fitnesses, I mean, be able to go in there, you know, at my leisure, you know, all times of the day, I mean, it's just a, a, a tremendous, you know, it, it, it's a, well, you know what, 
it, it helps build your self-esteem. Certainly, yes, it, it doesn't does. it doesn't kill your self-esteem when you go into a fitness center and you see all these quote-unquote pretty people. So, um, you know, it is it is interesting, and of course, you know, popping up, you know, everywhere. And I imagine, um, and if you would share with us on, on this, I mean, the the urban development has to be fantastic. I mean, in the inner city, you know, um, New mm-hmm. York, Boston, Philadelphia. Tell us a little bit about that because that's a nice disruption from the day uh, for people instead of going to a, a fat-laden lunch when they go out and work out for 40 minutes. Yeah, I know the urban environments, they're, they're intriguing. I mean, you've got a lot of working professionals, and wellness is top of mind, and it is part of their lifestyle, and they have money. And um, I think we're, gonna, we're positioned great for that, that customer because we've got a smaller footprint and we can find real estate in those urban markets. I mean, the big thing here is the cost of real estate and the build outs. And I think we can fit into that space and fill that niche and people can get in on their lunch hour or right after work and and get out. And that's what it's about. And so there's huge opportunity for us in those urban environments as well. You know, and um, I think it's uh, a really, it's a nice breath of fresh air that you don't have to wear your makeup and do your hair to go to the gym because that's the era that I grew up in. And it was like a fashion show. (laughs) And so it's really nice to be able to just go in there in my sweatpants. (laughs) You know, what what I find interesting, you know, we've talked with different people, um, like from Buffalo Wild Wings and, and talked about, you know, how that brand grew and actually changed the whole poultry buying process. You know, there's only two wings on, on every bird, and, you know, wings are very popular. And, of course, uh, it just changed. But I, I'm thinking about it from an equipment standpoint. I mean, brands like, you know, Anytime Fitness had to, you know, just create uh, a storm of growth from equipment manufacturers. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, we've got designated partners that we work with, but um, yeah, when you open 4,000 locations globally, I mean, we're we're the largest customer for many of these people, and and they're excited to work with us. And you know, unfortunately, there is some wear and tear on equipment, so you know, some of the cardio they probably got a five to seven year lifespan on them, so they need to be replaced. And I mean, it's it's good business for the the vendors, and it's good business for the franchisees as well. And then the members, you know, they can come in and know that they've got quality equipment that they can work out on. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's creating a lot of business, not only for fitness franchise, but for, for vendors. I mean, I think we've got close to 200 preferred and designated and mandated vendors. Well, wow. it's pretty unbelievable how many partners we have to help us. And, um, and they're part of our annual conventions as well. And, and they feel it and they love working with us because they feel that purpose. Of why are we doing this? <laughs> it always comes down to why are we doing this? Mm. We're, we're here to get people healthy, get them to a healthier place. JY, we told you at the beginning that this conversation was going to fly by and that you know time would come and, and grab us. Before we end and wrap up, I want to ask you if there are any questions that we didn't ask that we should have. Is there anything that you'd want to share with the audience that Paul or I uh, neglected to ask you? Well, I would say, you know, just on the topic of franchising, I mean, it's just such a wonderful way to become an entrepreneur and you're not alone. You're part of something larger and um, it, it's a proven playbook. You've got an operations manual and a huge support system 
And I just think franchising is wonderful for that. It creates so many opportunities for people to become their own boss and, and do the things they never thought they could do. And like I said, I'm a big um, promoter of, you know, being, being, yes, a career person, but also being available to your family and, and watching your kids grow up. And I think franchising allows for that. Well, I think, too, that, and I'd forgotten about your involvement with DECA. Paul and I have been long ad, longtime advocates of next gen in franchising, and you know my involvement in DECA mm -hmm. goes back years as well. Though I was never a DECA student, um, I've certainly been impacted by the influence that I've seen out of these young kids coming up with entrepreneurship on their mind, and maybe they will as um, the Titus Center for Franchising as well as trying to promote is making franchising more intentional, making it a more intentional people yes. with purpose getting into the business so that we don't have to open our programs for the rest of our lives, Paul. Uh, asking everybody how franchising yeah. found them, they'll, they'll be able to tell us. JY, any <laughs> expos, any expos or uh, places that you may be in the coming weeks that you'd like to share with the audience? And if so, please tell them, and if not, how they can find you again to learn more about the unique business business models that are, are under the current SE brands umbrella. Sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, my travel schedule is pretty light this fall, but I'll probably be at the IFA national event in February. I typically go to that event. And then, um, of course, you know, I'm always on LinkedIn. Look me up, Jennifer Yangu. It's Y-I-A-N-G-O-U. Send me a message. I'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Well, we can't thank you enough for carving out some time to spend some time with our audience today and uh, help them learn a little bit more about it. two amazing brands that will soon be three, four, or five, and about the vision and leadership of SE brands, self-esteem brands, the franchisors of Anytime Fitness and Waxing the City. Jennifer, can't thank you enough uh, for being with us. Paul, any last thoughts? I'm, I'm just thinking about all those um, where people are going to put all their clothes now that they're getting rid of those old Nautilus machines <laughs> and heading down to any time. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, you've got a dryer, so there you go. <laughs> yep. Jennifer, appreciate you being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Stan, um, you know, just, you know, I was just thinking uh, about this entire involvement, uh, evolution of, of where fitness has come. Like I said, I was had that vision of Jack Lane jumping up and down in, in the Leotard to where we are today. Wow. I mean, it's not all that long ago, really. I mean, this is a big evolution in a relatively short period of time for an entire industry segment to basically, you know, pop out of nowhere. And you think about, you know, what brands, especially like, you know, anytime fitness closing in on 5,000, you know, locations, and what they've done for other industries, it's kind of along the lines of what McDonald's has done for, you know, restaurant equipment manufacturers. Sure. And I'm just sitting here wondering, Paul, we opened the program talking about age and the quickening. I'm wondering how many people in our audience even know who Jack Lane was. Um, but I've got to, I've got to believe there is at least a few that can go back that far, or at least back to Richard Simmons, who did pretty much the same thing for the next generation behind the lane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, you know, infomercials, and there was a lot of uh, a lot of self-professed uh, experts, some some good, some not so good. But, 
you know, remember, you know, VHS tapes, you know, and you'd buy a whole series of Fonda tapes. And then, of course, you know, my favorite back then was the original uh, aerobics on Showtime, which, of course, um, I think the cameramen were a little bit liberal with their with their close ups. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's been a, a, a changing world. It's all good. I love, I love where, where Jennifer came from, you know, it, it get people up, get people off the couch, you know, myself yep. in, included. I mean, I've been going through this, this trial period myself. I, I tried the nine round. I think I might be a little bit over the hill for the nine round. It, it, it 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 never got me to nine rounds. It beat me in the third and fourth and fifth <laughs> round a few times. And uh, so I'm trying a couple of, of other things. And anytime fitness now might be on my uh, radar. I mean, they're certainly convenient, that's for sure. And now I'm all pumped up again. Well, great team of people. And uh, it starts at the top with Chuck Runyon and with Dave Mortensen. And, and they walk the talk and live the dream and everybody in that place is purpose driven in making life better for those that they serve. And it's evident in the team of people uh, that are employed there and who service and service the franchisees and the communities that they serve and their consumers as well. So can't thank Jennifer enough. And uh, maybe someday, not too far distant future, we get either Chuck or Dave to join us as well. That would be great. So, Stan, why don't we why don't we have a pact? I'll try Anytime Fitness if you try Wax in the City, okay? <laughs> We're not going there, Paul. We're not going there. I mean, we'll leave we'll leave the uh, we'll leave the kilt to Chuck and Dave. I'm not the, <laughs> I'm not getting into that. Space. Well, that's nice try, great, Paul. Appreciate it. Yeah, great thought. Nice try. I, want, I wanted to be fair. I wanted to share and share alike. Yeah. That's just a picture nobody needs to have in their head. <laughs> yep, that's right. Until next week, my name is Paul Segreto. You see you the best, the very best. And this great, great thing we call franchises. And Franchise Today is out. <laughs>